So welcome to the first episode, the inaugural episode, if you will, of the Very Clever Doctors Clinic podcast. Uh, None of the doctors featured are very clever, and that's especially true of this one because it features myself, Dr. Mike Clements, and my colleague, Dr. Mark James, as we talk about the Brazilian butt lift and a patient that I saw that had had this done and things didn't go particularly well for them. So we talk about that and we talk about cosmetic surgery and aesthetics in general. So it's an interesting and quite amusing chat in places, but it also raises some thought-provoking topics and it'll be here after our theme tune. So we've decided that each episode we're going to talk about something that we've seen that's caught our eye in either the internet or the media or the press. So tell me what you've been looking at this week. So yeah, something yeah, something deep and significant within the world of medical journalism. Good. Uh, something that I think really advances the practice and discipline of medicine. We're going to do a section on that. So this week uh, we're going to talk about the Brazilian butt lift. Right. That's uh, a very interesting. Tell me about that. Um, well, didn't you have one done? Uh, oh, I've had lots of procedures done, but I don't think I want to talk about it on camera. But none of them show. Um, so yeah, the Brazilian butt lift. I'm going to, I'm going to read um, from a from a website that describes the the procedure because it it really is hilarious. Um, it, it describes it as a popular cosmetic procedure that involves the transfer of fat to help create more fullness in your backside and uh, I saw a patient who'd had this done uh, now one of the more high-end websites describes it as giving you a flatter stomach and slimmer waist while shaping your buttocks and tightening your skin I'm, I'm interested already it sounds perfect one of our highly skilled specially trained surgeon dash artists I'm not making. I'm reading it off the screen. Plucks your fat cell by cell from unwanted areas, thoughtfully sculpting rather than thoughtlessly sculpting your abdominal area and waist. Afterwards, this same fat that's been taken out of your tummy and other areas is inserted into your bottom with meticulous precision, using no scalpel or stitches and leaving only a small freckle. Well, cell by cell, so it must be you know, pretty accurate. Why is that? I mean, you and I find that description of extracting the fat cell by cell hilarious. Why do we find that funny? The whole premise from the start, how, why on earth anybody would want to have that done to themselves is just bizarre. Clearly, you can't remove anything cell by cell. Well, you could if you used a electron microscope and some pretty... I, I doubt that that's how this procedure is done. Um, so where did you... Have you you come across a patient that had this done? A patient came to consult me about this condition. Right. That I wouldn't perhaps use exactly that phraseology mm. that you used to mm-hmm. describe it. Uh, but just in case you thought that you were too old, think again. Uh, many patients think they are too old to undergo a Brazilian butt list. But no, for older patients with complex medical histories, their office 
will coordinate with your primary care physician to ensure that you're healthy enough to undergo this procedure. So that's good. Don't, don't you think that you're too old to have this done, Mark? I this think probably I'm just too sensible to have it done, and I would imagine most people would be. What do we think about... Uh, so this type of procedure is falling under the increasingly defined area of aesthetics. Mm. So we used to call... I think this type of thing used to be called cosmetic surgery, mm. but it's now been subsumed into this area called aesthetics, mm. which is a multi-billion dollar slash pound in money industry. And I've even seen GPs that I've trained with offering not this exact procedure, but offering similar procedures like um, Botox injections into mm. lips or, or fillers into lips. What's your view on this? I think it is um, interesting how much it's increased over the years. So when I first started, I saw very little of this. And now we see lots of procedures offered. And often they are offered by uh, non-specialists. Because my understanding is you don't actually have to be registered or a specialist in plastic surgery to perform these sorts of procedures. Is that correct? Some of them you do. I don't know. I must. I'm sure. Uh, well, you would hope for that that you would do. But for fillers, no. I, mm. It's very poorly. Mm. And Botox injections yeah. and things as well. I think you just need to have gone on a course and have the certificate to be able to do it. So there are plenty of um, you know people that set themselves up to do this who who aren't you know haven't been trained properly and aren't. It isn't that part of their background. So regulation is the issue for mm. you. So if it was if it was regulated and you thought that you were getting a very experienced surgeon to do the procedure, then it wouldn't concern you. I mean, I say this because you could do with work. Yeah, that is true, actually. I mean, I suppose it's hard for me. I, I cannot understand anyone that would want to alter themselves surgically because that's not the way my brain works. And I can't imagine why anybody would put themselves under any sort of you know uh, procedure purely for a cosmetic or appearance result obviously i don't need to um but you, you know this is something as gps that we're seeing more and more we see see an awful lot more people come having had various um cosmetic procedures um sometimes quite major ones like this um but certainly lots of minor ones um and uh it's difficult to know where our responsibility lies because, I mean, I would advise nobody to get these things done because it seems ludicrous. And I think part of the problem with us as general practice in as GPs that um, many of the people that we see go for sometimes quite pronounced procedures actually are very unhappy for other reasons and don't come back having their lives transformed um, by having something altered. And that's a a worry for us and it can be really extreme you know I've had cases where real people who have really had significant mental health issues thought that they would somehow you know be be better served and it would somehow make them better by having some procedure done and I think as doctors we know the folly of trying to chase perfection because not only is that such a moving target that what is fashionably perfect this yeah. decade this year changes but also we know that nobody is is born perfect i'm so close that it hurts but nobody does mm. get that that definition of perfection but 
by the same token, since we have had, I guess, as long back as we can we can we are we can record or have an awareness that as a species we have in some way augmented our appearance using natural dyes mm. as colorings ear adornments tongue adornments lip adornments this these are this is not a new trend is it the fact that we're now medicalizing that mm is the issue for us. I think that's right. I think the fact that it comes under medical procedure and medical auspices rather than anything else makes it uh, different and and much more difficult for us to know how to approach this. I mean, we've all seen plenty of patients who've had procedures that have gone wrong through infection or through just been very unhappy with it or just, you know, sometimes disasters. Um, And, you know, it, it becomes a medical problem then. And, and, I'm waffling now. No, I'm going d- nowhere. No, I don't think you are. I, I, I think, I think the nub of what you're saying is is absolutely right. That we struggle with it because we've trained as mm. doctors and probably feel that because of the suffering and disease that we see, is is almost trivialised by these types of procedures. And we chose we chose the Brazilian butler because. Personally, I think it's one of the more ridiculous mm. aesthetic procedures or cosmetic surgery procedures that you can have. But also, I wonder whether I feel a little bit offended that my profession and my training mm. is almost being corrupted to do something that I see as being completely pointless. Mm. And that's why it makes me a little bit annoyed. We also chose the Brazilian butt lift because I saw a patient who'd had an adverse outcome from having had it done and she'd been over to the caribbean to have the procedure as a woman in her um uh, mid-20s i think or in that kind of age age group um and she'd had the procedure very much as as i've described it there from the article but as a post-surgical complication she'd had a lot of fluid build up around the site and now she was leaking fluid and had turned up at an emergency department where I was working at the front door to not literally at the front door. I was in I'm in a consulting room at the back of the department. I'm not literally stood at the front door. Um, but that's how we describe the, the, the way into the hospital through the emergency department. So I was working there and she came in because she'd had this fluid build up around the uh, procedure sites and needed to try and get this drained off. Mm-hmm. Now she'd spoken to her surgeon who'd said what you need to do is go and get some some big syringes and some big needles, so, so wide diameter needles and and have this fluid taken off. But of course she turns up at this emergency department. None of us have seen this procedure before. It was the first I'd ever heard of it. And See that would worry me that uh, as well that the fact that the consultant said go and get some needles to do all the fluid out because that's essentially... It's nonsense, um, and that would be like trying to draw, you know, water out of a sponge by sticking a needle in. You wouldn't really get much out. So, you know, already I just think that's just who has done this procedure to recommend that as treatment for lymphedema. I spoke to the guy and ended up phoning him in the Caribbean to mm-hmm. say, "What is going mm-hmm. on here?" Mm-hmm. And do you know what? He sounded reasonably competent mm-hmm. on the phone. But my concern is is the aftercare that patients have come away with. You're now, you're now asking, you know, we're crusty old doctors in the middle of the Shropshire countryside to 
manage a condition that we know nothing about. And there is also an issue that in a socialised healthcare system, so the National Health Service, this patient has turned up looking for treatment that is related to a private procedure that they've mm. had. Why is it our job to fix that which has gone wrong? Now, perhaps if you paid me a significant amount of money on a private mm. basis, I might have a different attitude to that. But when I'm seeing patients who are critically unwell, who have serious lifelong conditions that I've been treating or have a mental health crisis or some other catastrophic thing for the previous six hours before this patient comes to see me as part of the shift, my tolerance of it is significantly lower. Now, that's not to say that if the patient had had some significant complication like a serious infection mm. or some other uh, some other complication that, that we wouldn't have treated it because, of course, we would have done but I think the the view that we took was that, that there was no immediate, the patient wasn't in at risk of immediate harm. So we decided that actually we will we will do some research, and we did, which I think which I think even that was beyond our mm. duty. We found them a clinic that we thought might be able to help them, and we signposted them to go and see them the following morning. But the request we thought for for needles and syringes for her boyfriend to start plunging into her buttocks to try and withdraw this fluid was not a request that we felt that we wanted to comply with. But I'm also, like you, incredulous that people would put themselves Mm. through procedures like this. But people like Katie Price, for instance, Mm. and not not somebody that I follow religiously, must be said. I know that'll come as a surprise to you. but, you know, she's put herself through several procedures. And I think there was a documentary show, wasn't there, that showed the, the kind of disruption and the pain that that was causing within her family. So do people get addicted to it? Are they constantly chasing this very elusive uh, perception of, of perfection? Where do we draw the line? Where, where's that spectrum is what I wonder about. Is it kind of mm. fairly big medical procedures like this? Or do we go as far as saying, well, you shouldn't get your ears pierced? I think it's difficult to know where that line is because I think it's changing. It's changed as the years have gone on and now um, there are are plenty of patients and plenty of people who are getting really quite extreme things done and sometimes extreme body modifications just for the sake of having your body modified, not even what we would call the normal sort of, you know, trying to make themselves more beautiful. Um, So I don't know. And there's there's this desire for enhancement Mm -hmm. and this procedure that we've been talking about the Brazilian butt lift which I don't know the don't even know the proper medical term for it is about trying to achieve a body shape and a body type that doesn't exist Mm. naturally so you're looking for a, a large bust small waist and a large bottom and there is a there is a group of people that there's there's a subset of society and, and some of that is driven by culture, some of it's driven by ethnicity. But there is a, a, a small there's a small but significant minority of people trying to achieve an unnatural appearance mm-hmm. because they feel that it is in some way more attractive. So so where where do you say that procedure is okay because it enhances something that's natural? But that procedure's not. And should we be the arbiters of that? 
I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? We, we will get patients come to us who want to have these sorts of procedures done that in, if they'd have come about making another, a different life decision that didn't involve cosmetic surgery or something extreme being done to them, we would be happy, even if it's something that we wouldn't do or agree with or whatever, we would be happy and go along with that. And we would join in the patient's narrative and understanding it and agree to it. it. It feels very uncomfortable for me when I get someone who I know has complex issues and their view is that if they get this one thing corrected it'll make all the difference and the amount of times that I've seen those patients come back either with complications or just with you know you know it hasn't turned out to be what they wanted they're still unhappy there's still lots of other things going on and the difficulty partly for me is where do you draw the line in trying to support someone to do something that they really want to do but you're feeling that it's going to not be a cure to whatever the issue is underlying it and that's something I struggle with because in other other areas I'd be happy to support them even if I thought it was a crazy decision but for something that can be so extreme as these procedures that's a struggle I have had somebody who had you know corneal uh, color of a cornea changed with injections again went abroad for it because I don't think it's done it wouldn't be done in the UK even and um, you know t- terrible complications you know, a drastic thing. Who would, but my patient was adamant that she wanted it doing. Would you do this on your Saturday afternoons off? <laughs> Definitely not, no. I, 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 I don't I, mean a Brazilian butt lift. No, I mean maybe even something simple. No, you know, I really wouldn't. It is not something I've had. I didn't go into medicine to make people look more beautiful and get paid for it. I went into medicine to help people with their health issues, to make a difference with those sorts of things. Now, unless it's, I, I only sort of support this when it, when it, I really think it's something that, you know, if if something is altered with their appearance, that will really make a difference and it's affecting their mental health. And, uh, you know, I did have a chap who had, who wasn't too old, but he was getting absolutely massive bags under his eyes. I mean, they were extreme, actually affecting his vision to a degree, but certainly was really affecting his confidence levels. And, you know, I referred him and actually he was even, even, that was even done under the NHS. It wasn't even done as a private procedure because, and that I would support, but I, but I, I as a person, as a doctor, I don't value people altering their appearance to make themselves look, you know, more beautiful um, and paying for it. So that's it. The end of the first episode of the Very Clever Doctors Clinic podcast. Thanks for listening. We enjoyed making it. It's a lot more work than you might think getting in an hour of two middle-aged doctors droning on but we've done it we've got the first one away and uh, i'm working on the second one as we speak and the we're going to get six episodes that's right six hours of us talking we're going to get guests in though and they'll be more interesting than us admittedly we've set a low bar uh, for that uh, we'd like to thank uh, Anthony Walters at uh, Cinephonics for supplying the music and uh, Charlie Horn at Flaming Pumpkin who did our logo design and graphics. So thank you, uh, both of you. It really adds a bit of polish to the endeavour and, and is, is very much uh, appreciated. Uh, this was a Sabre Media production. Uh, I'm uh, Dr. Mike Clements. I was the producer on this uh, with contributions from myself and Dr. Mark James. Stay tuned for episode two. Bye. Thank you.